You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 198 of the Black Eagles podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Schwarden, live, as per usual, from New York City. Um, uh, chilly fall New York. The weather has turned. It's cold. Just as performances have turned, perhaps, you could say. That's not even a spoil. Uh, We could certainly say that our performances had turned going into this match. Uh, Of course, the one I'm going to be discussing here is the match against Hatay Spor. Second place Hatay Spor. Uh, But yeah, like I said, uh, despite a good victory in the derby against Gatsai, we had lost to Sporting Lisbon and Basak Shahir. In subsequent matches, uh, which had put a bit of a blemish on the on the big derby against Galatasaray, so um, yeah, you know, I think with that in mind, we really wanted to get a good result um, to sort of hope that Galatasaray was a turning point for the season. It kind of needed to be, in a lot of ways. Not, of course. Um, I mean, the season itself is still quite young. I mean, from the mental aspect, the the team really needs to start putting good performances together. Um, All of the new pieces need to start gelling and and, and getting to their sort of typical form. Operation is in effect as of right now. But so, yeah, you know, um, I think most of us were hoping for a lot from this match. And I'm going to keep this brief. Um, first of all, of course, we should talk about the lineups going into this one. Um, but there were some disappointments, I think we could say. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, definitely some disappointments insofar as, of course, Georges Cavan and Kudu still injured. Um, but in, in addition to him, we had Joseph de Souza who was injured. Um, he's supposedly out until mid-November, which... I didn't even see coming. I don't even recall, you know, I didn't recall seeing anything like look bad or look so serious against God today. In addition, Miralem Pjanic injured, which also came to me personally as a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't notice him go down to injury, honestly. That would be a blow, certainly. Uh, but so yeah, so with that said, <coughs> Ersin Destanolu would of course be starting in the goal. Domegos Vida next to Javi Montero, which is uh, a fun little addition perhaps. Uh, Umut Merash on the left side of the defense with Valentin Rosier on the right side. Um, and here would be some of the disappointing 
elements to the starting 11, perhaps. Nejip Uysal starting next to Atiba Hutchinson. Um, and disappointing insofar as uh, Sergan had been talking a lot about um, playing a more pacey, direct game. And so obviously, you know, putting those two guys in suggests that as soon as he said as much, um, he did the opposite. So, you know, again, forced by injuries, Joseph and Pjanic out. But, you know, maybe a little John Bozduan, you know, a uh, little Ozan, you know, who knows. There were other options. Uh, up front, we have, we have Alex Teixeira. Or oh, sorry, I meant Sally Uchan, of course. Ozan would be sort of in that same role as Alex. And he was fine uh, as far as his health, I mean. Um, Kyle Laren on the left side of the midfield next to Rashid Ghazal with Mishi Batshuayi up front. So no surprises there. A full complement of attackers, in theory, uh, with the exception of Nkudu, who started off the season really well, but you know we haven't seen him much at all since. And uh, that's, that's a bit recurring, I think we could all agree. But so yeah, that would be it for the starting lineup for us. For them, of course, their keeper would be Munir, the Moroccan. On their back line, Fatih Kurujuk, 23-year-old Turk. Next to Burak Oksuz, um, 25-year-old Turk. Their left back would be Sam Adekugbe, Canadian. And right back would be Kamil Chorekci, 29-year-old Turk. Um, Ruben Ribeiro would be in the middle of their midfield. Next to Mehdi Bujema, Moroccan, French. And Adama Traore, 26-year-old Malian. Uh, their starter up front would be Mame Biram Diouf with Ayub El Kabi on the left wing and of course Saba Lobzanidze, the Georgian right winger for them who's been their key performer thus far uh, in this season for sure. And yeah, let's, uh, I guess, I guess let's dig in. And what's interesting is, you know, I typically talk about the, the sort of Real obvious chances in a match. I've only got six this time around, which, you know, uh, sort of going from my memory of the match, coming into like looking at the highlights, I assumed it would be kind of a long episode with a lot of highlights because it, it felt somehow like there were more chances than there were, especially even for our opposition. A lot of the chances that I had thought, wow, I mean, they did have a lot of chances. You look at them in hindsight, and they were not really legitimate chances, or they just blew them, you know, skied them, uh, wasted them. So, you know, with that in mind, I will uh, begin. So, right off the bat, I guess, you know, typically, I, by the way, I, I prep us by talking about Hatai's form and all of that. Um, I did it pretty thoroughly. Uh, in the last episode, I guess I will just briefly go over their previous five matches going into this one. Uh, last week, they drew Fatih Karagumruk in Istanbul. Um, week prior, they'd beaten Gaziantep 2-1 um, to one at home. Uh, prior to that, they had defeated Yeni Malachi on the road, nil to 2 Prior to that, they had lost to Fenerbahce at home, 1-2. to two. So that stings a little. Um, I guess that was sort of uh, 
well. Anyway, uh, and part of that, they had defeated Gostepe on the road, nil to two. So, I mean, the only real setback, of course, being the Fener result. Fatih Karagumruk draw in the previous match would be, you know, uh, a step backwards for them, considering they were in second place. But, you know, I, I think even Fatih Karagumruk's having a pretty decent season, and they find they're probably in the same caliber of relatively talented Super League sides um, that shouldn't really be competing for European places, but somehow are. But anyway, let's, I guess, dig in, shall we? Which I'd already sort of begun to do before remembering to preview these guys a bit. Um, as for head-to-head, -head, you know, last year was our first season playing them, and it was... Um, a draw in the first match, 2-2, two two, and then a 7-0 victory in the second match at Vodafone Park. So, um, we they did get a surprise result in the first half of the season. So, I guess there's a, uh, a precedent for someone to be weary of. Anyway, first real action of the game. Hate to say it, it's a goal. Uh, Domingos Vida, a sloppy pass right directly up to Mishi Batshuayi. Who is set back a bit, you know. He's, he's in our own half, for example. But uh, he has a defender right on his back who closes on him immediately. Takes the ball off him. Finds Diouf, who sends the ball forward for El Kabi. And, um, yeah. My Ayub El Kabi does fairly well, I guess. I mean, Ersin pulls up like he's been injured by El Kabi, but. They looked at, at looked at it in VAR, didn't didn't check somehow um, or didn't clear whatever uh, Erson's claim, and so yeah, he sends it on goal. It looks like it's gonna be a goal, but uh, Saba Lobzanidze sort of slides in to make sure it goes in. One to nil. Like I said, a VAR check, nothing going, and yeah, they have the the lead early, and of course that is no. Bueno. Um, 24th minute, Mishi Bachuai pulls up lame. Looks like a hamstring thing. That is no good. Uh, Kenan Karaman enters the match for him. And nobody is uh, feeling good at this point, right? Like, that's a double whammy right there as far as um, insult to injury, so to speak. Um, I guess injury to insult since it was literally an injury. Um... 30th minute would be the next, like, real action, and it would be Rashid Ghazal on the left side, rushing in, um, sending in what looked like it might have been an attempted cross, but on the other hand, it was a perfectly placed shot that forced their keeper Munir into making a, a really top-notch diving save. So, I don't know if it was actually a cross. May have been an attempted shot. I, I, not exactly sure, but anyway... We, uh, they were lucky to, to maintain their lead at that point. In the 32nd minute, not much later, um, Kenan Karaman would have a perfect opportunity to slide Kyle Laren forward with a with a, with a sort of on ball. They were, he was running next to him in like a two-on-one scenario, or, or maybe two-on-two, two, but uh, both defenders were, were on one side and Kyle Laren would have had a clear path. Instead, he decides to take a shot. It's deflected out. We get a corner kick. Nothing comes of it. Uh, but so yeah, you know, that that would be it for the first half as far as like real major opportunities 
and uh, you know, two to one in our favor. But theirs is the one that went into the back of the net, right? So it is what it is. Um, Alex Teixeira, by the way, got a yellow card in the 45th minute, right before the half. No subs made at half at halftime, <clears throat> and then the first real action in the second half would not come until the 66th minute when Valentin Rosier's cross would be somewhat perfect, finding Alex Teixeira on the, on the head. He would head it down perfectly, uh, forcing a diving save from Munir. Again, really solid stuff, uh, but not quite enough to, to get us the goal. That one, you know, no no fault. I, 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 Rosier did really well to, to send in a perfect cross to Alex Teixeira, who did really well to, to get the ball low and in the corner and just a, a great save. So three great actions on the ball. Unfortunately, one of, the, one of them in the last one being by their keeper. Um, subs, Sali Uchan would come in in 68th for Nejib. Uh, Mehmet Topal would come in for Atiba. And that would be interesting because so in the 71st minute on a corner kick, it would get cleared out, but it would drop to Valentin Rosier, who would send it in. It looked like for a pass to Mehmet Topal, who would back heel it perfectly into the back of the goal back of the net a goal it somehow goes to VAR because there's nothing suggesting it should have uh, no even claims really by the opposition uh, but somehow it still does end up going to VAR which in itself is very suspect and kind of against the logic of VAR you're not supposed to just check every time um, if there's no sort of legitimate claim for anything and, and so somehow they flag uh, Javi or Francisco Montero as offsides uh, because he's obstructing the path of the keeper but he's not at all doing that and to add insult to injury uh, yet again later on in the in the match day a week for the Super League Gladys today would um, today have a match and be given a goal in a scenario where their man was actually obstructing the keeper far more than Montero could ever have been seen to be obstructing Munir in this scenario. And so their goal would stand. Ours somehow would not. It's still one to nil. Really deflating stuff there, I think. Um, last real chance, 87th minute. A cross would drop to Kyle Aaron sort of out of nowhere. He would get a shot in point blank, but Munir, again, stands up really well, um, makes a good save, and yeah, nine minutes into extra time, this match is called <sighs> as over, full-time, one-to-nil victory for Hatay Spore, just absolutely devastating stuff, really. Um, we needed to gain momentum. Instead, we lost it. We lost Mishibat Shuai. Supposedly, we've lost Valentin Rosier as well. Um, yeah, just absolute disaster, to be honest. Uh, and this, of course, going into our decisive Champions League match against Sporting Club de Portugal. Um, yeah, just depressing. I'm breezing through this episode because I don't even think anyone's going to listen to this one. This Nobody wants to relive what happened to us in this match, I assume. 
Um, I will very quickly go over stats. Besiktas had 65% of the ball to their 35%. 17 shots to their 9. 10 chances created to their 8. Though they had 4 big chances. Uh, but I didn't even mention them in the highlights because they were skied or wasted fairly distinctly. Um, we had 455 accurate passes to their 210. Apologies if you can hear that motorcycle in the background. Annoying stuff. Those motorcyclists. Um, 455 accurate passes, like I said, to their 210. At an 85% clip to their 71%. Uh, nine corners to their four. They were offsides four times to our twice. So, you know, there was action on both sides of the pitch, no doubt about it. But what's worth noting is that, so we had 17 shots to their nine, seven off target to their four, and three on target to their two. So by all measures, we, you know, should have taken something from this match, statistically. Um, we had seven shots blocked by their defenders. They only had three. Uh, you know, they, they they just, again, they had the one goal, right? What can you say? It was against the run of play for the most part. Uh, Besiktas probably deserved a point from this at least. But this is the football, right? Uh, in the words of Fatih Terim, that's how it goes, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, just nothing, nothing good to say about it. Um, I will talk about the, the, the ratings of indiv individual players. Um, highest rated being Munir, their keeper. Couple really big saves for him, so that's that, that makes sense to me. Kamil Chorekci, Saba Lobzanidze, obviously the goal scorer. Ayub El Kabi, I don't know if he's credited with an assist or not. Uh, he was, he was credited with an assist. Um, Sam Adekugbe. And then the first Bashir Touch player, rated fairly highly, is Umut Medash. I'll talk about his stats. Mame Biram Diouf, Ruben Ribeiro, Burak Oksuz. Ribeiro, uh, of course, anyone who knows this podcast well will know that he is a hit list entry. Um, he didn't really stand out as particularly petulant this time around. So, I mean, I'm not going to take away his status. We know it's in him. But uh, anyway, Burak Oksuz. Adama Traore, Fatih Kurujuk, Valentin Jose also credited with having a good game, Domagos Vida as well, Nejip as well, and then in the sort of good, sort of above average, we have uh, Francisco Montero, Dylan Saint Louis, who's a substitute for them, which is interesting, Rashid Ghezal, Mehdi Bujama, Kanan Karaman, and that's it. Everybody else falls beneath. The level of uh, what you'd expect, and that includes the name, the likes of Kyle Laren, Alex Teixeira, Tiba Hutchinson, Nishi Bachuai, of course, but of course he also only got 24 minutes of action. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Umut Medash, credited with the best game, statistically, let's talk about it. He had 54 accurate passes at a 92% clip. Which is interesting. Uh, he actually had seven crosses as well. So, um, to, to have a 92% accurate accuracy rating is, is pretty impressive, to be honest. Um, two long balls, one of them was accurate. 92 touches. That's fantastic. Uh, seven out of 11 duels won. That's pretty good. Four clearances. 11 recoveries. 11, wow. 
Yeah, I mean, just a, a really good statistical game from him. You get it when you see when you see some of those numbers for sure. Um, as for Valentin Rosier, who was also given a pretty good rating, he had three shots, uh, 50 accurate passes, and 86% rate. He created one chance. Both of his shots were off target. One of them was blocked. Um, eight crosses, only two of them were accurate, so that is what it is. One accurate long ball out of two tried. 91 touches, so also very involved. Both of our uh, defenders on the flank were very involved here, which is sort of interesting. He won four out of five duels. Six recoveries. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't really considered who I would name man of the match for us. Um... It was one of those games where nobody really stood out to me on the, on the spot. Uh, I guess I'll give it to Umut Medash because he did have some impressive sort of one-touch action, good passing in general, uh, following up a really good performance against Galata today with certainly at least a very good statistical outing against Hatay Spor. He had nothing to do with the goal score. That was all Vida to Batshuayi. Um... And then, yeah, I mean, after that, it was sort of a scrum and a one-on-one -on -one sort of scenario. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'll give him the man of the match. I wouldn't give it to Rosier relative to him, despite the fact that physically they're fairly similar. Uh, Valentin Rosier's game was a little sloppier, though he did have that great cross. I mean, he, he's, he's steadily improved. He started out a little slow this season, so... I mean, it's good to see that at the very least. Uh, if we're looking for silver linings here, our flanks looked solid. Uh, of course, Rosier is down for the count, an injury apparently. We'll see how bad it is. But yeah, I mean, that's it for stats. That's all I got to say. Let's talk about the table. So Trabzonspor, of course, is atop the table, having come out 2-1 to one victors against Rizespor in their sort of quasi-derby. Hatay Spor is in second place with 23 points, four points back. In third place is Alanya Spor, who drew Gostepe 2-2. And that gives them a one-point advantage over that sort of scrum of teams with 20 points. <clears throat> so yeah, Alanya Spor has 21. They're six points back. Uh, then Besiktas in fourth place. Not terrible. We only slipped one spot despite a loss. Uh, and, and a bunch of teams being right there with us, points-wise. So it's perhaps even a little surprising. Uh, we have six wins, two draws, and three losses. Plus seven goal differential still. Um, with us on, at 20 points, in fifth is Konya Spor. Um, Konya defeated Fenerbahce 2-1 to one at home. Uh, it's well known that Konya are a very solid uh, home side. Uh, then there's Galatasaray, also with 20 points. They've caught up to us right after the derby. Uh, a 2-0 victory against Gaziantep. Like I said, they had the goal where Nelson was obstructing the view of their keeper. Um, and somehow it was A-OK -okay in this match versus ours. Uh, then, of course, you have Fenerbahce in 7th with 19 points. So uh, they're slipping a bit, obviously. But yeah, that's that's where we stand. So Fenerbahce is eight points back. 
We, Konya and Galatasaray are seven points back. Aranya, six points back. Hatay, four points back. And Trabzon, kind of coasting, still undefeated. Eight, eight wins and three draws. Of course, here's where things get sort of tricky. Uh, Besiktas's next match is this coming Wednesday against Sporting Club de Portugal in Lisbon. 4 p.m. November 3rd. So, you know, check your local listings. But here on the eastern coast of the United States, 4 p.m. Um, so our next match in the Super League is against Trabzonspor. Uh, we're at home again, at least. Could be helpful in this scenario. Saturday, November 6th. That's at noon here in New York City. Check your local listings, as always. Um, so, yeah, just huge games I mean, what's crazy is so it's so we're we're we have Sporting on the road, Trabzon at home, Alanya on the road, Alanya who I mentioned is in third place, then Ajax at home, and then a bit of a respite with Giras and Kasim Pasha uh, before the the final Champions League match against Dortmund in Germany. But um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's gonna be a messy few games potentially. Uh, these next four matches, two of them are in Europe, and you expect to not do very well. Um, Trabzon, you know, who knows? We played really well in our derby against Galatasaray. Let's hope maybe those big matches in the Super League bring out the best in our players. Uh, let's also hope for, for injuries to abate. Uh, let's hope maybe some guys are surprisingly back in time for Trabzon. It's not looking too good for Sporting. Uh, and I'll, I'll quickly preview Sporting. Now, Sporting is uh, not struggling in the way that we are. Uh, they're in second place in Portugal, uh, although tied on points with Porto. Um, still undefeated, eight wins and two draws, 26 points. <clears throat> Excuse my... Uh, Allergies still flaring up a bit. Um, since their one to four victory against us, they defeated Morerense one to nil, <coughs> Famalicão two to one, and Vitoria de Guimarães or whatever it is, uh, one to nil, Quatish uh, another goal by the way. So heads up. Uh, on those set pieces uh, but so yeah <clears throat> just building on from one strength to the next uh, of course just one goal victories in each of those matches so that's something to look out for uh, they have not scored four goals since since uh, our big letdown against them and I do suggest for anyone who missed out on it to go back and listen to the preview episode uh, we did with guys from Sporting 160 EN and uh, Ospanenka. Really informative stuff from those guys. Um, so yeah, check that out if, you, if you're curious about what, what we might come up against via vis-a-vis Sporting if you missed the first match. Um, so yeah, heads up. Heads up, right? Um, and yeah, like I said, the match will be on Wednesday, November 3rd. Check your local listings, but here on the eastern coast of the United States, 4 p.m. 
sharp. But yeah, that's it. Keeping it short, keeping it sweet. I don't know how sweet it was, but yeah. Tune in out. I hope to see you folks next time with better tidings. Um, or I guess, uh, I hope you hear me, right? Nobody sees me. Nobody's seeing anyone. Uh, but yeah. Tune in next time. We will be back, of course. Uh, and I'll, I'll hopefully have Khan or Aaron or someone to, to, to co-host or add a hashtag something or other. But yeah, follow us at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself, Sinan, uh, at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And despite everything... As always, I, I really should mention... Let's go, Besiktas! It's not too late. 27 matches left in the Super League season. Nothing is decided. Just got to get our head in the game, folks. He's out. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.